Hello and welcome everybody to In the Back Pocket, a show about AFL where we try and give you some insight into what's going to happen over the course of the weekend and some betting insight as well. To get your weekend started, well, Melbourne up against Collingwood is the first game, but before we get to that, I'm going to introduce the superstar from St Kilda and Essendon Football Club, Brendan Goddard. Hi, Nathan. We're down one today. We are down one with uh, Georgie, but uh, I introduced you as the superstar, and it seemed to sit well with you. You didn't, um, you didn't <laughs> Did correct it? me to say oh, I was a very good or a, I was a star. I said superstar, and you've just, you've just rolled on. I don't, with it. I don't use that phrase myself, so yeah. I'm, I'm glad you did. I like that. So How are you feeling you. about this weekend's footy round twenty? Oh, I'm excited. It's uh, getting to the pointy end of the season. I'm glad I'm not a player now, but uh, the old equalisation I think is taking in full effect with the, the top four. It's probably five to six teams fighting for that, and then you've got the bottom spot, seventh, eight spot. Sorry of the top eight that you've probably got about four or five teams in the mix there. So uh, exciting times, not only this week, but the last three rounds of the year. Just a quick word. We're going to get to the Blues game a bit later against the Brisbane Lions. Did they miss out altogether or have you got them playing finals footy? Uh, I think I've got them playing finals, but I think they missed the top four. I think we highlighted it last week and how tough it will be, I think, for them if they don't make the top four, which they've had done in the last three or four years and in particular the year that their grand final was played up in Brisbane. They failed to make that, but I just don't see them based on current form how they're playing, how they're losing, how they lost last week. But if they don't make the top four, I don't think they can go deep into finals. All right. We always start off with the value hunters. Well, before we go into the value hunters, Brownie. Is it what do you got? A yeah. new haircut, I see. Uh, yes, yeah. it's very sharp. But I want to get to the funnies. Now, <laughs> everyone, all our viewers... Make sure you make it funny. Yeah, no, you probably wonder what happens off camera. And, you know, in downtime, it all looks kind of shiny when it's all edited. All that kind of thing, it all comes together. But just to uh, give you a bit of an insight, this is what our man and our host <laughs> and sports best finest talks about in his downtime in between producing this show. <laughs> Funny that we get that, that saying, cherry ripe. They could have used any other fruit, but they used cherry. Yeah. Cherry ripe. Because it's <clears throat> peach it's ripe. A chocolate bar, though. It's well known. Yeah. Did, it doesn't make cher sense. Did cherry ripe. Did the did the saying come out before the chocolate bar, though? There you no, go. No, it didn't. I don't reckon. It oh, came out afterwards. Nah, I'm going to look that up. <laughs> came out after, that's why. <laughs> now, a couple of questions, a couple of questions. <laughs> what do you got for me? Oh, that's one of your great mates, isn't it? <laughs> Matt, Matt Richards. Yep. Yeah, so that, they're the conversations you had down in your time at Richmond and when you're in yep. your breaks at lunchtime. That's... That's, we why spent a, a lot that's why I had a lot of success we down at Richmond. You talk about cherry ripe. <laughs> now we play a lot of finals for Richmond, so <laughs> we, we probably could have done better on the cherry ripe. And secondly, we? did you actually Google it and you actually find out the answer? Uh, we did Google it and it, it, it was a bit uh, mixed reviews. Yeah, we couldn't quite get the answer to it that we needed. So, <laughs> But these discussions need to be had, Brendan. I mean, I always get... Uh, spoken to about the fact that I don't talk and I don't have these discussions. And when you I do socialize. talk and I do have a discussion with somebody, uh, you, you bring it up as a funny. Yeah, it's very funny. But uh, secondly, we've got another funny. We're on fire this week okay. without Georgie Parker funny here. Funny man, BJ. This is a, a press conference of yours after oh, Terry Wallace, the news that he was leaving <laughs> to go to, well, apparently Sydney at the time. <laughs> One of your great mates, if we roll the footage. It caused everyone to revisit their relationships. Probably get teased a bit by the boys that I'm one of his favourites, and uh, I don't see that as being a bad thing. I mean, it's better than him hating me, I guess. So, um, no, we've uh, shared a few intimate moments together. I don't mean sexually, but. Um... <laughs> it, do so, it doesn't get any on. better, does it? Hang on. You've provided some great content here at the show over, over your years, but let's just go back. Firstly, 
Yeah. <laughs> now, we're all guilty of this, probably all in this room, but the hair straightener got a fair workout, didn't it, back in the day? <laughs> there was no hair straightener, but it was meticulous on the, uh, on the head dryer. Chemically straightened. Sure. You didn't need it. Yeah, what about straightener. the size of the cold sore? I right bet say <laughs> you've got the herpes virus. Oh, I used to get a lot of cold sores when I was back, when I was younger, I played, but I tell you Look what. Look at that number. That is a big cold sore. That's got a tone postcode. People used big. to laugh their heads off when I walked into the club with a cold sore. But, you know, when they say, um, you know, what would you like to say to yourself, 20 years ago, or yourself right now as an 18-year-old. Just that one day you're going to have four kids. Just take care in what you say in uh, interviews when you're trying to think you'd be funny. And Are you actually trying to be funny then? I was trying to be funny. Did you hear the laughter out the back? Yeah, the little, yeah. little giggle. One yeah. other thing. So you, oh, you got another yeah, one? No, no, just, just your intimate moments with the great Terry Wallace. <laughs> yes. So just take us through that. Did we you? were tight. We were tight. You were tight. We swam across the Brisbane River together at really? 6 o'clock in the morning after a final we lost. Yeah, and Intimate, was, that's what I was talking yeah, about. Was there regular uh, visits to his, to his house to use his... I guess his vanity facilities. Absolutely, solariums are expensive, and you got a coach who had one that you could use for free. It was great. Uh, how many of you, your teammates, used the, the, just one facilities? at a time? Obviously. Yeah, yeah of course. Um, there was a number of you. This went there for dinner, and you said, you know, it's, you go first, mate. I'll, I'll, I'll go next and take your turn. Well, I didn't see too many other guys going out there to use it. Maybe just oh. me. Yeah. Oh, yeah. that's great. Yeah. Well, you finished now? Can I get into the Vegas Hunters now? Some great content. Yeah, here funny, on Sportsbet. funny guy, BJ. He, he's also working at the Comedy Club this Friday night. Uh, if you want to go and see him now, Value Hunters, let's get into it. 20 plus disposals will bring up first uh, for the value hunters and look Callan Ward he just does it pretty much every week. Jed Anderson's having a really good patch as well. David Mundy 35 last week and he's playing again at Marvel Stadium so I'd expect David Mundy to be getting 20 plus in that. Uh, Ed Richards having a really good patch. Nick Blakey plays great football. He's at Marvel this weekend. Scrimshaw dropped down so there's a couple of blokes that dropped down last week. Hardwick was one of them but uh, Ed Richards getting a lot and this is where I made my name BJ the 25 plus Humor cluggage every week at the moment. You've got to back him. I don't think Carlton are the type of club to uh, tag him as well. Davies Uniac's been good. Noah Anderson we'll speak a little bit about later, but Luke Parker has been outstanding, and Josh Kelly is in there as well. Now, this was Jack Viney. Is he the biggest, I guess, contested player beast in the competition? He gets the job done every week. Uh, Chad Warner and also Caleb Daniel I'll be backing this week as well. And here's the two-plus goals. There's value around in the goals if you can find it. Jack Darling, you'd imagine, will continue on. Some pretty good form plays against Adelaide this week. Noah Cumberland, still a very good price, but been kicking some good bags, a two or three and a five are in there. Um, and then Richard you've got plays. Cody, Waitman, Lincoln McCarthy, Jamar Eaglehagen, but uh, I do like Jamie Elliott against the Pies as well. You like any of that? Oh, there's a lot of, there's a lot of value there, so just to cover, your, cover, your, cover your bases, value just in hunters. case you can't get All one. Right, let's get into it. Friday night footy, what a game this is going to be. The Pies have won 10 in a row, but a lot of them been by less than a kick, and they come up against the Demons, who bounce back against the Fremantle Dockers, and just reminded us how good they are when they turn the defensive screws. Yeah, and they've been almost criticised, I think, for the last month, roughly so, for their form, and the, you know the wheels are wobbling, all this kind of thing, and they've had their off-field indiscretions, but... Everything's about timing. I just feel last week in particular against Fremantle, who was a desperate Fremantle team, right? Their position in the ladder just outside the top four. But it was, a, it was a clear statement game. It was so impressive to sit there and watch and how they dismantled Fremantle, their ability to score, defend. It was like the Melbourne of old. But I just think uh, they're potentially just finding their form at the right time. So they've been solid for the last two or three weeks. They lost against the Bulldogs in a tight one. But you, I said there's a lot of things you could probably take out of that that were really positive. So I think they're just finding form at the right time of the year leading into finals. but And I think this this week, 
said Collingwood are doing an amazing job. So I said last week they almost drew for a loss. You know, every win that they have, 10 in a row now, they're closer to their, fir their first loss in obviously 10 weeks. So uh, I just think this week against an experienced Melbourne team, uh, on Friday night footy, I just think it may be too much from uh, Collingwood. As as well as they're going, I just don't they 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 can't continue this form, and they run into a really good, experienced, hot team in Melbourne. The last five games, they've lost disposal count, they've lost the clearances bar one game, and they've been this all sides here yeah, outside or, or bottom eight. So they've been sides below Collingwood on the ladder. So they come up. Can they do that against against the Melbourne Footy Club? I don't think they can. One player who they're going to miss is Taylor Adams, so you've got to look for value outside of Taylor Adams. I think he's a massive out. But Jordan Dugowie at the MCG this year. Now, apart from one game, which was against the Gold Coast Suns, where they won that game, um, they, were, they were good, he wasn't. But that is a good record at the MCG. I've seen a lot of Collingwood games at the MCG this year where he positions himself in the middle of the ground, the MCG, right in the centre square, and he's the conduit between half-back and half-forward. Takes a lot of uncontested marks in there. And I'd imagine he is a player who they'll look for to go through in there. So Jordan Dugowie, for me, 20-plus disposal at the MCG this weekend. Another man I want to highlight from the Melbourne Demons, <clears throat> excuse me, and a man that role changed a little bit last yep. week. And, the, and the, the coach in Simon Goodwin came in before the game or came out before the game and said that he'd be playing midfield tonight against Fremantle. And that I think that'll be a trend moving forward. Because, and it was a bit more of a mid-wing slash role, but his last four weeks, as we see, he's dipped between, below 20 only twice. But moving forward, it's more about in the next three rounds that where his position will play. Because he's done a great job at halfback, yeah, intercept marker, finding plenty of the footy, and it's good for the punters. But I think m more opportunity when you're in the midfield, and particularly uh, on a wing midfield, alternating between the two, but you've got greater opportunity to find more of the footy. So look for him, minimum, I think, 20, but look for maybe 25 to 30-plus because of his role and his time spent in the midfield. You're tipping Melbourne? I'm tipping Melbourne, yep. Melbourne for me too. Let's head on to the next game. That is Hawthorne up against the Gold Coast Suns. And this is going to be an interesting game because both sides playing OK footy at the moment. The Hawks got done last week, as we know. But Gold Coast still mathematically can make it, but very unlikely. How do you see this one panning out? Uh... It's an interesting game. As we know, we've highlighted Hawthorne a number of times on this show just because I think the, the gap between their best and their worst is really big. So it's really hard from a, a betting point of view to, to, to pinpoint how they're going to play each week. So, But I think if you're going for a safer bet, I think Gold Coast uh, are your safe bet based on form and how well they're going. So Hawthorne, uh, I think, are, are capable at their, at their best. But I think just that gap in the the uh, unsurety of when they're going to play their best footy. You have to take Gold Coast in this one. We always talk about Took Miller, but we showed in the um, in the Valley Hunters, Noel Anderson, and we've spoken about him on this program before, but he continues to get the job done and at a fairly good price, 25 plus at $1.54 there. He's putting together a good record this year. He is, uh, and still getting $1.54, as you may mention, and it's probably getting to that point of you... Yeah, there's point plenty of times where you roll them into uh, a multi when they get just probably below a dollar fifty. But his year's been outstanding. I've been impressed with his ability uh, as an inside mid. We've seen him in his early part of his career, his first couple of years, played more of an outside role, be more of a distributor, but now as an inside mid, his ability to win the ball in tight clearances, he's becoming a, a well-rounded player. Big Marbio Chol kicked the goal in every game this year, so two plus goals, three plus goals, he kicked a big bag last week, but if they are to win he is going to have to kick at least a minimum of three, I think, and I think he can do that Hawthorne need to hold him. So the next game, GWS up against the Bombers and have you ever heard a... Sp well, there's been bigger sprays out there, I mean Malcolm Blight the old pitiful Pittman one back in the day but you haven't heard a coach be as pointed 
as what Mark McVeigh was last week? Probably not in the last couple of years with uh, you know the sensitivities, sensitivities around yeah. the Gen, and Gen Z. And it can go either way, can't it? They can either really drop off this week or they can respond to a player or, or a man who's probably not going to be their coach next yep. year. And he's been there a long time, remember, so they, they, they know Mark reasonably well. So I think that's the strength in a coach and his ability to pick a time when they're, you know, they need a spray and then deliver it in a manner that the message gets across because you said it can go too hard at times. I've been guilty of that and it goes the other way. So I, I just think the group in particular at GWS have been around long enough now and the core group is to actually take it on the chin and respond. So I think it's a really good message, but as I highlighted just before, it's it's probably not as prevalent as it is these days because of the sensitivities around you know, the Gen Zs and how they actually respond to honest and, and firm feedback. <laughs> what do you like? Not, not, not the sort of feedback you'd love to give them, right? <laughs> Well, yeah, at times. There's <laughs> time to be stern and there's time there's follow-up conversations. But yeah. it's definitely something I did notice coming to the end of my career is that the way you approach, you know, not only on game day on the ground, but behind, you know, from Monday to Friday, how you approach uh, more the more... Uh, you know, the Gen Zs and the, and the modern kids and their attitude. It feels like the Bombers have got the balance of their game plan right at the back half of the year. So their last six to seven weeks has been really good. Mason Redmond at half-back has been a big part of that. Oh, he has uh, the old Red Dog, so he's been outstanding. More so, he's, again, we talked about him a couple of weeks ago, but his ability to win the ball now. I, yeah. I always thought, uh, you know, leaving Essendon, he was going to turn into a really solid player, more of a lockdown defender with speed, agility. He's a great athlete. The difference between the top and the bottom, though. Yeah, he is. So we could argue now that uh, looking at the stats, that he's a bit of a flat track bully, so yep. uh, which is fine. I, I don't mind that. Uh, you know, it's better to get a kick, uh, you know, against uh, most teams. So, um, but I think just looking at that, the top teams obviously are better defensively, so their half forwards play a stronger role in defence. So, not allowing in particular the halfbacks, and in this case Mason Redmond to get goal side and you know uh, run past for the footy, link up by hands by the footy. So teams generally put a better effort in as their half forward and a better team defence when you're in that you know top seven. You know, top six bracket. So I think if you looked at stats uh, for halfbacks across the competition, I think their stats would be lower against you know top six teams because of their ability to defend. But the trend is your friend, as I always say. It's so you not. look at GWS, who barely man up at all, and you should be well, able to get a lot with. of disposals yep. for Mason Redmond. So you'll be backing him this week. Now, there's been some forward fill-ups as well against the GWS over the last four weeks. And look, Reed and Franklin and Kerno are the bigger guys, but have a look at the mid-range guys. Rosie, McCluggage, Rayner, Cameron, Heaney. So medium-sized players have been getting the job done. So you look at Essendon and you've got Jake Stringer, who had a really good game last week. Peter Wright. Um, I think there's a buyer beware around him this week. But Harrison Jones and Kyle Langford. So Jones, Langford and Stringer are the ones that I'd be looking at for two plus, three plus. Yeah, I think more so the highlighting because they're struggling for a second and third defender. So uh, Taylor's a great defender for GWS and will be a legitimate star in, in the coming years if he's not already. But they're just struggling for those second and third string with Hayne playing a different role. He's, I don't even know he's 30. He's getting, he's getting on, but he's been playing a little bit forward. But... Um, there's a lack of support there for the defenders, so he's not playing that drop-off role, intercept marking role, so a little bit vulnerable in defence, GWS. Tip Essendon or Gold Coast? Oh, Essendon or GWS, mate? Uh, it has to be Essendon, yep. Yeah, I think Essendon 25-plus going to head to a break on In the Back Pocket. Up after that break, we're going to talk doggies and the Fremantle Lockers. So, 20-plus disposals first of all. Jordan DeGowie's back. And now where I make my name, the 25-plus disposals. About the goals, my friend. 2-plus goals. 
If you look over the big games the last few years, Christian Petrarca has always stood up for them. Isaac Heaney for three plus. I'm going to go with Sydney, so. He's actually the number one long kick player to advantage. I'm looking at Paddy Cripps. I'm looking at Sam Walsh. He can get the ball and kick goals three ways. Huge for Cluggage, and he has huge. been huge. I'd be starting at two plus goals at a minimum. Amazing amount of green ticks there, BJ. Like, there was just so many work. green ticks. It was just like, the show should be called Green Tick. Your green tick, it's your segment, it's your yeah, show. Yeah, green, green ticks. ticks everywhere. Uh, so we, hopefully we found you some winners last week and you put some money into your back pocket. Let's get into a really good game. Western Bulldogs up against Fremantle. The Bulldogs, just a game outside the eight. They've got a fairly good percentage when you're talking about they're going after Richmond and St Kilda in that eighth spot. But they come up against a side who were so good at the first part of the year. Their defensive structures were outstanding. Their tackle pressure was good. Their pace. And then they were able to kick goals on the end of that. That has all stopped. It's all dissipated. Yeah. So I can't see how Fremantle beat the Western Bulldogs at Marvel with the way they've been playing. Uh, yeah, and things have to change. We know a week is a long time in footy, but if they are able to capture that form, and it was more based around what we all were talking about in the media in particular, is about their, their defence and how stingy they were. And on this show, we talked about taking the total points under against Fremantle, in particular for the first 12 weeks. But that, that, that has disappeared. So where, where has that gone? Has the coaching group and the playing group focused on other things because they thought that was almost a given each week? Their ability to defend, team defence, and have they focused on their offence more? We're not, more not sure, but it, uh, it's definitely intriguing. But I, the Bulldogs are up and about, so it's an important game for them because if they go on and win this, they've got a, a softer end to the season with their last two on the way home. So an inside, say you're the list manager. So Brendan Goddard, list manager at the Western Bulldogs, and we hear that they're after Rory Lobb. Um, Rory Lobb is a ruckman forward. They've got a lot yep. of ruckmen. Forward ruckman. They don't have a lot of ruckmen, obviously, but they've got Sam Darcy coming through, took 14 marks last week. I, as a list manager, I can't. I, I don't understand why they want why the interest yeah. is in Rory Lobb. So would you be able to explain why they would be after him? Uh, I think I think it's more of a short-term thing. So you look at Roy Lobby's turning 30, be 30 in February next year. So I think it's a, a, the work in tandem. As we've seen, Roy Lobb at Fremantle play more of a, a forward. Uh, by all reports, he'd prefer to play forward, not much in the ruck. So we saw him play ruck last week because they had to. But I think it would be working tandem with Tim English for the next couple of years. Is this be a ruck-forward combination, almost like a Jackson-Gorn, when they were both fit and frying through the middle middle part of the year. So, And then you've got Darcy coming through. So Darcy, if you've seen him, he's tall, you know, lanky. He's still got a couple of years in terms of physical to development. Develop, yeah. Yep. So he's your long-term prospect, you know, for the next 15 years. But I think for the short term, they're looking short term. And Rory Lobb, they think, is that answer for the next two or three years. Long term. Uh, Sam Darcy, 19 disposals, 14 marks yep. last week. So he's pushing for selection. Another player who's been really good for the Bulldogs this year. He's had a breakout year has been Ed Richards. And you seem to think if you're an opposition club, yep. you'd be looking very closely at this man. Yep. Uh, and they're throwing... Uh, a number of guys behind the ball to find that bounce. Caleb Daniel's back now, but I love Ed Richards and what he does. He's good above his head. He breaks the lines with speed, by, and he's actually penetrating. I'd say a good kick. I wouldn't say a great kick, but he's penetrating um, and uses his legs to uh, gain ground. So if you're looking, uh, Ed Richards, there's still some value. His last four games have been outstanding. You just saw, but uh, I think it's a minimum 25 disposal. You've got to think, take these guys too at a younger age. They've found the confidence, and they feel like they've found their feet. So it's almost now that 
they're confident with the ball in their hand. It's almost like at every opportunity, give me the footy because I, I, you know, I can, I can have a difference here. And you can see that in his attitude. So that's why when you get guys, the last four games we just highlighted is to roll it into this week because his confidence is high and as a halfback. As you know, Brownie, it's easy to get a kick anywhere. It absolutely sure is. And let's talk about the next man who plays at halfback is Hayden Young. So we always talk about Andrew Brayshaw. We always talk about Caleb Sarong and how good they are. This guy is putting together a really good season. And at Marvel Stadium, he's been super consistent. 31 disposals the last time he went there against the Richmond Football Club. Now, I think eventually he'll probably go into the midfield and become a midfielder because I don't think you can afford to have a player who can use it as well as what he yep. does and mark it as well as what he does, not playing sometime through the midfield. So for me, I'll be backing Hayden Young again for 25 at Marvel because they'll, they'll allow some time at halfback. And he takes the kickouts, right? And he takes because the kickouts, so you get kick. a couple of kicks. So I like that. I like Hayden Young. I think he is going to be the next superstar at superstar. the Fremantle Football Club. That's how good he is internally. Internally, they rate him absolutely through the roof. OK, let's head down to the Cattery. Geelong up against St Kilda. Is it last roll of the dice for the Saints? Uh, I think I think they're at the most risk. We'll highlight uh, the the second team or the team at most risk. Sorry, later on in the show, but I, I think so. Uh, based on their ladder position, sitting just on the cusp, they're on the in eighth position, forty four points. But you look at their run home. So they've got Geelong down at GMBHD Stadium, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> down at the Cattery. They've got Brisbane. That's at, that's at Marvel Stadium. So that helps. And then they have Sydney. So it's a tough run home for the Saints. So if they, if they do make it, they, they're going to be in form, which is a real positive. We just highlighted before about form and talked about it in previous weeks about form leading into finals and how important that is. So if they do make it, they much deserve it and they're going to be in form. But I just think this week, I think they're a real chance, especially for the value. You talk about the value. Value. Look at the value hunters. This is value. They're in eighth position. They're desperate. They need to win. Cats have been up for a long time. Are you, are you saying that the Saints can win this? Are you, I are think you they're a sneaky them? chance. Yeah, at six six dollars, six oh five they are. So, so the line's thirty three and a half. There you go. So you, you've delved into a lot more than I am. So there's some value around in this game, just because it, when you sum everything up uh, and the position the Saints are in, uh, you know the, the Cats getting comfortable uh, and they are comfortable as they should be at 10, 10 in a row and being down at the Cattery. So yep. some great value there at the Saints. Oh, there's players at the Cattery who play better than what they do abroad or not abroad, you know what I mean, a, a, Away from a, the a, an opposing venue. And Cam Guthrie is one of those guys. So apart from the first game they played there this year, have a look at how consistent he has been. He's had a couple of, I think he's had a 38 in there as well. But for 25 plus disposal, when we're talking about some players get into the $1.30s, $1.40s, he's a really good value for $1.72 at 25 plus. When you've done it the last six times, why wouldn't you back him down there, Cam Guthrie? So the line right. is 33 and a half. Uh, you like that? Yeah? Yes, you like I do. the line in that yep. game? Yeah, I do. Um, Okay, Bet With Mates Kitty. Let's go into the Bet With Mates Kitty now. You had it last week I and did. you did it and quite I, successfully. Yes, and I won. Yes. Well, six, I can't see the cats getting six, beat. I, think, I, I can't see the cats. So it's with you this week? It, it is with me this week, and I can't see the cats being beaten down there, but I look at it and they're $1.13. So it's not. You're taking 13%. I, 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 I am taking $1.13, but I'm going to throw Melbourne in. Oh, There's no the first, way. Is this the first? This is my first multi. multi in this one. This is my first multi. So I don't think Collingwood can beat. And you're taking Melbourne. 57%. So I'm taking wow. $1.57. So I've broken my own rules here because we need. The value, because unfortunately <laughs> you've lost it four times this year, so we've had to reload to a thousand dollars. So if we're up at fifteen thousand dollars, where we should be after you've torched it all, hey, you, you I'd certainly taken the thirteen percent. So thirteen percent at fifteen thousand, you're getting about seventeen hundred. So unfortunately, I've had to go that way. I don't like it. I've broken my own trend, but I will do it because you're misgiving early on in the year. Okay, let's talk about another game. It is Port Adelaide up against Richmond Footy Club. This is a ripper game as well. Richmond 
absolutely need to win. 42 points down last week. Port Adelaide themselves to finish off the season. The thing I worry about with Port Adelaide this week is they've had a retirement mm -hmm. in Motlop. They've talked about... Carl Amon maybe not playing because, you know, he's possibly leaving they the football club. they talked about club. that or have we talked about I it? I think the media, media has yeah. talked about that. So does that put something in your mind around, OK, we're already looking towards next season? Just a slight mental drop? I'm yeah. not sure. But Richmond got everything to play for. 42 points down last week and they win that game. Tom Lynch was huge. Yeah, and you're right because you look at it from... Port Adelaide are a good team, but it, it's almost have they checked out. There's almost a JDBS discussion and, and Mark McVeigh's concerns last week is that I don't they can't make finals now. So Motlot's retiring, Carl Lehman's on the way out. And we're not saying they have checked out, but something mentally yeah. switches when yeah. you can't play finals and changes are being made to players at the club already. Yeah, it does. And generally what you find is a team... Because they are they are a reasonable team, but they'll have generally have a crack for maybe two or three quarters, and then you know when it, when the going gets tough and you got a desperate opposition that maybe you just roll over because, like you said, there's a seed of doubt in your mind or, or a seed in your mind that you know why would I why would I give that extra effort because it's it. It comes to nothing. Like we're not playing yeah. finals, so why would I do that? So it's going to be interesting because Richmond are in the same boat as St Kilda. So they've got a tough game. Richmond have Freo this week. Richmond have Port Adelaide in Adelaide. And if they get over this, they've got Hawthorne and Essendon to finish. So when, that's where I think St Kilda and, and the team at most risk of dropping out of the eight in, in Carlton, which we'll touch on later. But Western Bulldogs and Richmond, they get through this week. And now Richmond, they get over Port Adelaide. They're in a really strong position to make the eight. Shea Bolton. Just about the most electric player in the competition. Probably 36 goals I think he's kicked this year. Should have quite easily kicked 50. Has missed a lot. But apart from round 18, I mean, that is good going. A, a, a couple every game and then two threes in there. And he's still $1.85 or 380 to three-plus goals. So Shea Bolton, I'll be backing him. And what about this guy? He has just arrived, hasn't he? Uh, they needed somebody. Lynch went out. Lynch is back in now, but continues to kick five with Lynch in the side. And that's a good effort because what he does well is he kicks the ball well. So mm. he gets the ball anywhere inside 50 and he's a legitimate chance to actually score and kick a goal because he's such a good kick, he's penetrating and kicking from 55 so he only needs to run around almost the Marvel child roll and get six touches and yeah. could uh, hit, the, hit the scoreboard three or four times. Yeah, Sydney up against North Melbourne. Now Sydney, I think my personal view is they are setting themselves for the end of the season they're playing great football at the moment Premiership, I think they can win the flag You think they can win it? I, can, I think Sydney can win the flag, yep. yes their form, you highlighted their form coming in. You've got Collingwood and Geelong that won, won 10 in a row. But I think next in line is is Sydney's form. Finding form at the right time. We highlighted earlier in the show about Melbourne. So I, 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 I just, they're consistent now, but it still worries me that they've been inconsistent during the year. Yep. And, and that lull and, and the difference between the best and the worst is such a big gap. I think when you get to that point, and they're sitting fourth at the minute, but I, I don't think you've seen that from Geelong. No. This year in particular, but I like Melbourne. The I like the change so they've made the around the drop. footy. So yeah. Papley going in, Goulden going in, yeah. Rowbottom. All these players that weren't in there have changed the way they play footy, and I think it's for the better. Yeah. So they've got a better balance. So because I don't think you can have three kind of bulls in there all at once. Mills essentially plays that role, and Parker, uh, and then you throw. Uh, who else plays that role? Or Kennedy at different times. Yep. Warner in there. Warner's got a bit more pace. But when you Warner's throw... Heaney hasn't been going in there as much. When you throw a bit more pace uh, and outside speed around the contest, when you've got two... You've got a better balance. So yep. I tend to agree with you. And when you always have... When you've got Buddy, uh, Isaac Heaney, uh, now Sam Reid stringing together, you know, a, a streak of 10-week uh, in a row on consistency and continuity, I think they're always dangerous. So the chances are... 
I tend to agree that they can win, but the chances are, in my opinion, is that it's it's unlikely. Their total goals is 15.5, and, and I think against North Melbourne, they can kick over 15.5 goals as Sydney Swans. Value outside of that, because they're head-to-head, there's no value. 25-plus uh, disposal market for the Sydney Swans, and you see the usual suspects in there. Parker has had a really good four weeks. So too, Callum Mills. Lloyd, he Go had me. a drop-off in the middle of the year. Now he's starting to rack them up again at half-back. And but Chad Warner he, dropped down to 20. Uh, what do you what do you mean? Well, it? Jake Lloyd, we know that he's the kickout king, yeah, right? Yeah, it doesn't matter how you get them. That says yeah, no, no, that's right. But they're, pl- remember they're, they're playing the Kangaroos this week. Yeah, so potentially may not hit the scoreboard. Oh, there's not as many points kicked. Not as not many not points kicked. And this is serious because he, if you're the guy with the kick-in stats, if you look at him, he's he's the, literally the only man that takes kick-ins for Sydney. Blakey's done it in recent times, but he's generally the deepest one now. And Lloyd, Blakey's yep. a little bit higher, so he can't get back. But if you don't have as many kick-ins, Jake Lloyd's missing out on potentially you know five. The Lizard loves a kick in too, so anytime he's down there, he will take it and he will play on. He is 100% strike rate. He's the only player. Only player now. In the top 10. In the top 10, he was 100% play on. Wow. The Lizard. Smart, How good's that? Smart, smart, man. smart man, the Lizard. <laughs> Sydney win that game comfortably. I think they get over 15 and a half goals. Going to do a break on In the Back Pocket. Up next, massive clash. Brisbane Lions up against the Blues and our $100 plays. Welcome back to In the Back Pocket. A couple of games to go and our $100 plays. The first one is Brisbane up against the Blues and it's just about the biggest game of the round. Carlton, so much talk at the start of the season that they were premiership bound. Brisbane have dropped out of the top four. They can't win at the MCG. But there are so many fascinating things about this game. There is. And so Carlton's arguably two wins out of the top four. But what they are is they're, they're seventh position and they've got Richmond and the Western Bulldogs behind them. St Kilda as well, but with easier draws coming home. So not so much going in the coach's box on how they beat Brisbane. I just want to paint a picture, there, as I highlighted before, but they're at most at risk, in my opinion, of potentially moving out of the top eight and making way for someone else. And that's because, one, you just said, their start to the year, they were eight and two. So the expectations were high. Michael Voss coming in, clearly having a huge impact, a change in the footy club. We know the, the controversy around it and the ending last year to David Teague's career at Carlton and how it all unfolded. But coming in, they're eight and two. So as we know, Carlton supporters, they're ones to get carried away with a bit of form. So having played finals, I don't even know, since Brett Ratton, uh, I'm going to... I reckon 2013, maybe. 2013. So, to paint a picture, I think, looking over the list, George Hewitt is the only player that's in their best 22 that's played finals footy. Paddy Cripps has not played a game of finals footy yet. Right. So that is concerning for mine because, I, I, in my opinion, I'm, while I'm a true believer in an apprenticeship and playing finals, losing finals, learning from those, ex- knowing what to expect, then leading into your next finals campaign. But they, they haven't gone through the Yes, Michael Voss, one of the greatest players ever, clearly three-time premiership player, champion. They've got experience from a coaching point of view. But the players themselves, they don't have that. And is it the question then is being asked this week after their performance last week against Adelaide, which to, to Adelaide's credit, played well. So at some point in time, but Carlton just, just weren't up to it. And, and the position they're in, as I'm, I'm painting a picture, is, is the expectation, the pressure getting to the players? Because I don't, I don't think it'll be, uh, I guess, rubbing off the pressure getting to the coaches and just rubbing off on the players. Because when the players go home from the footy club, what are they thinking about? What are they reading? What are they listening to? What are they, what are they reading on social media about Carlton and you know expectations? So I, I'm, 
It's all been rosy so far up until the last couple of weeks. So uh, I'm just a little bit concerned for them. And you look at their last five weeks, they're two and three, and they've only beaten West Coast and GWS. They've lost to St Kilda, Geelong, are in the hunt, top eight teams, and they lost to Adelaide, who's outside the top eight last week. But it was more about how it happened last week because of the position they're in and everyone, and myself, I picked Carlton. Uh, I think that was one of my bets, but their performance was really poor and it's a little bit concerning. All right. Thoughts of Brendan Goddard about the Blues. Let's talk about the Brisbane Lions because Hugh McCluggage has had a wonderful period and I think he'd be voting in a lot of these games. I'm not sure. Stealing votes get off a vote against. He would be stealing votes off Lockie Neal. I'm not sure he gets a vote against the Tigers. Started really well, but I thought the game changed complexion and Lockie Neal is the other one at 30-plus disposal. So the Blues don't tag. So I'm happy to take McCluggage at 25. I'm happy to take Lockie Neal at that 30-plus. Uh, look, Carlton can't afford a big loss because of the percentage. I know they're... They can't afford to lose. They're a percentage in front of St Kilda, but the Western Bulldogs coming hard with a really good percentage doesn't matter with Richmond because they've had the draw, so whether they win or lose is going to get them into the finals. Just another one, Hugh McCluggage, five of his last seven games he's hit the scoreboard, so any time goal scorer, there should be a bit of value around that because he's always uh, had the opportunity and getting opportunities to hit the scoreboard. All right, I'm going to tip Brisbane 1-39 in that game. Let's talk about West Coast up against Adelaide, the final game, and Josh Kennedy it must be said, congratulations. What a superstar he's been involved in the trade deal with Chris, Chris Judd. Josh um, Kennedy. I think wins? both won. I think the, both the winners. But overall, the there's a premiership, so Correct. West Coast win. Yeah, that is my opinion. There's yeah. a West Coast. If, so you, if you ask me, Josh yeah. Kennedy, I think they won that trade. All right. They, they, they don't win the premiership without Josh Kennedy. No, they don't. Yeah. It's so. a 50-50 game. Who are you tipping? Uh, I think Adelaide, based on form. How's their tackling numbers the last three weeks? Outstanding, but they are a young side, again going to Perth. Travelling. It's not what it used to be, but it is a game in Perth with Josh Kennedy playing his last game. Yeah, that's a good point. Uh, It's a flip of the coin. (laughs) You convinced me to go the other way. Okay, let's get into our $100 play. You are up first. Before we do, let's have a look at the tallies and how we're going. Uh, Again, I'm winning. Uh, James Sicily, the trend is your friend until it's broken. So 18 games in a row, James Sicily had no 20 winners plus. last week. Um, no winners last week. Port Adelaide was close. You were stiff there. Bailey Scott, 19. But yeah, you're a little bit Bailey stiff Bailey Scott then. had 15 at half time, yep. so that was disappointing. But uh, Hayden Young and Bailey Dale, the halfback flank, has and, got the job done. So GP went counting against the... $100? Where are you going? Where are you uh, going? I'll split it up into to fours this week. So oh, dear. 25 on Jack Zebel and Sam Reid. So remember Jack Zebel last time they met? It's isn't it? Yep. Jack Zebel last Jack time they met. Kick five at the SCG. So, yes, I think with McCountain boys, they, they cover Larky, Zerhaz, who's the man in form for yep. Melbourne. So, Jack Zebel slips under the radar. And Sam oh, Reid, nice. you're getting value as well. Because That's everyone's, left field. Everyone's, I'd like it. Yep. Everyone's on the Isaac Cleaney or Lance Franklin hmm. bandwagon. I've got St Kilda head-to-head, 25 to win. Wow. So, I still think they're, as I said, they're, they're a sneaky chance, but it's $6. I have, to, I have to get a bit of that. So, in the Geelong. Saints... Uh, and the next one is a head-to-head uh, Melbourne, Essendon, Western Bulldogs, Sydney, Brisbane. Right. So, a little bit of value there, more than I thought when I put it together. $5.32. Yeah. And my last one, $25 bet, is Tom Green, Isaac Cumming, Josh... Uh, sorry, Tom Green, Isaac Cumming, 20-plus. And then Josh Kelly, Tim Taranto, Dyson Heppel. Because both mean. teams... There's a, there's, a, there's, a, there's, a, there's a game I try and pick out each week where 
they're both not great defensively, yep. and through the midfield, they're not overly accountable. You know, in terms of <laughs> running both ways and able to stop. You've been busy, haven't you? Yeah, like that is a, got a bit of time. A, it's week. a big range of betting. So I just think that game in particular, there's a lot of possessions. I've looked at the weather. Weather looks outstanding for the next three, four days up in yep. Sydney. Finally, these Sydney siders uh, getting what you, you've bragged about for so long with the weather. But uh, I think it's a fill up in that game in terms of possession wise. Yeah, so at the start of the year, you're doing all these massive, massive multis. You've gone short a couple yeah, of weeks ago, work. and now you're back to the massive, no, massive, not massive multis. massive, but it's kind of just trying to find my middle ground. All right, well, there, BJs. Let's have a look What's at yours, mine. Mate? I'll split mine up into $50. So the first one is Cameron Guthrie, Jack McRae, and Lockie Neal. McRae and Neal both get 30, and Cam Guthrie, as we said, his last seven games have been outstanding down at GMHBA Stadium. And then I've got a head-to-head with the Dogs, and Melbourne, I just think, win head-to-head. And Richmond with a 30-and-a-half-point head start Sorry. against Port Adelaide. You like that? Yep. Yeah, I like that too. Well, $2.50, hopefully you're not getting great value. <laughs> no, there's not a lot of value there. But, the, you know, we try to find the value where we can and put it into people's back pocket. And that's why we are called in the back pocket. Hopefully we can find you some value over the weekend. And you can watch the whole uh, this whole episode on YouTube as well. That's probably what you're doing right now. So good luck over the weekend and gamble responsibly. You know the score. Stay in control. Gamble responsibly.